Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. So today is episode 70, in which I'm going to talk about how you can change your life through simple baby steps. This episode is inspired heavily at the suggestion of my wife when I was trying to think of something to talk about uh, due to some recent home renovations we've made. Um, But I've also drawn some inspiration from the seventh wonder of the world, the comedic genius known as Bill Murray. And I want to take two minutes real quick to play a clip from the famous movie, What About Bob, in which Bill Murray starred in a man as a, as a man who uh, was a bit troubled and looking to change his life, and he went to a therapist seeking some help, and this therapist gave him a very simple self-help type recipe uh, to kind of impact his life, which I think is kind of actually useful uh, when you get down to it. Uh, but without much further ado, I want to go ahead and play a quick two-minute clip from this movie, just so you can give uh, a little taste of the inspiration that is Bill Murray And, well, maybe you can have a good chuckle, too. So, uh, without further ado, let's listen to this clip. Bob, there is a groundbreaking new book that has just come out. Ah. Now, not everything in this book, of course, applies to you, but I'm sure that you can see, when you see the title, exactly how it could help. Baby Steps? It means setting small, reasonable goals for yourself, one day at a time. One tiny step at a time. Baby steps. For instance, um, when you leave this office, don't think about everything you have to do in order to get out of the building. Just think of what you must do to get out of this room. And when you get to the hall, deal with that hall and so forth. You see? Baby steps. Baby steps. Oh, boy. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps through the office. Baby steps out the door. It works. It works. All I have to do is take one little step at a time and I can do anything. Hmm. Baby step around the office. <laughs> Baby step around the office. Baby steps out of the office. Very good. Baby steps to the hall. Very good, Bob. Keep going. That's it. Bye. Baby steps to the elevator. Baby steps to the elevator. Baby step onto the elevator. Baby steps into the elevator. I'm in the elevator. So that's a fun clip. I hope you enjoyed that. And we'll maybe, we'll, and in just a minute or two, we'll unpack a little bit about this clip that I really like. And I think you'll help actually have some application for in your own life. Because um, I know when I was talking to my wife about this episode, you know, we talked about how we had been doing some home renovations during all this COVID stuff that's been happening. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, 
you know, when you don't have too much else to do as far as your social life as a result of having to maintain social distancing and not really having anywhere you can go, um, you know, you start looking around the house and you start thinking, I could change a couple things. And so uh, that's happened to my wife and I over the last couple months, uh, especially as my wife is a public school teacher who, you know, has uh, the reasons why you want to be uh, a public school teacher, also known as June, July, and August. <laughs> um, and uh, she was looking around like, okay, we could fix some things. We've been in this house now a couple years, and, uh, you know, let's go ahead and make some changes. Perfect time to do this. She has lots of free time on her hand. And we're not going anywhere. So uh, we, you know, we started making some changes around the house. We we put a fresh coat of paint on uh, our bedroom wall. We decided one of the bedroom walls, the accent wall that we had kind of painted a couple of years ago when we first moved in, that it wasn't quite the right color. And so my wife, you know, decided to change it. So we changed the accent wall in our master um, bedroom. Uh, the same goes with our laundry room. Our laundry room was a little dysfunctional when we bought it and there were some problems with it uh, that we kind of just let you know sit for a couple of years because well it's the laundry room and you know who really goes in there uh, all that much um, but you know my wife in the course of doing lots of loads of laundry for us uh, decided she just couldn't live with that anymore and so we finally decided to go ahead and and uh, you know put some new stuff in the laundry room um, so we did that we uh, did some new flooring in there we repaired some uh, patches of the wall that were a little messed up. We changed some of the electrical wiring um, because it was really inadequate um, for what was in there. We changed the light that just wouldn't work and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and we decided, hey, we're going to stack our washer and dryer on each other like they're supposed to be. Um, then we also changed our front porch around. We, uh, we had uh, some settlement issues with our front porch. And we decided to go ahead and address that so that it would be safe and flat to walk on. And we ended up putting some tile down on our front porch. And, and our back stairs on our back porch, you know, they were kind of uh, questionable as far as the quality of the construction. Uh, they kind of had a little bounce in them <laughs> when you walked down them. Um, and they didn't really feel very safe. And so we decided to replace the stairs and build, build new handrails and uh, decided to slap a new coat of paint on it because just the old coat of paint that was there just wasn't any good. Um, and so we, we made some of these little changes around the house the last couple months. It's been fun. Um, and it kind of inspired my wife to kind of comment to me the other day when we were talking about things of how, you know, the little bit of changes that we slowly made throughout the house um, just to, to fix a thing here and there, how, how those small little changes add up. And, you know, she kind of likened that to our spiritual life and uh, our life with Christ. And, and, you know, it could really even apply to, to other aspects of our lives, whether they be financial, emotional, um, you know, issues with work, uh, study, and, you know, all other sorts of areas in our life about how when we make small and gradual changes, those small and gradual changes really begin to compound, um, and you really start to notice some things. You know, if you start taking, you know, some, dare I say, baby steps, uh, like they talked about in What About Bob, where you make small, reasonable, actionable goals to, to get you from one step of your life to the next, to get you from the office to the door, from the door 
to the elevator and from the elevator to out of the building. You do things like that and you start making some real changes in your life. Um, and no matter what area of your life it may be. You may not even consider yourself a particularly religious person. Um, I know not all of you who listen to my podcast are. Uh, whereas I'm a deeply committed evangelical uh, Christian in, in, in my perspective on things. But uh, regardless of your perspective, if you make small, little, reasonable changes in your life, they really begin to add up. Um, and I think this is really, you know, it kind of almost self-evident, but it's almost something we forget. Um, because what really happens in our lives is we usually allow things to fester for a long period of time. And finally, when something finally breaks and it reaches its tipping point and when we can no longer take it anymore, we decide we need to make some sweeping grand uh, actions and changes in our lives. We kind of do that with on a regular basis with like New Year's, uh, New Year's resolutions. Um, and, and in my opinion, that's a lot of reasons why partially New Year's resolutions tend to fail is because we sit there and look at all the junk and clutter and, and mess that our life has become over the past year. And we are like, well, bless God, something has to change. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose 30 pounds by March and I'm going to get out of debt and I'm going to do this and I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to stop swearing so much. Gosh darn it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of take that sort of approach to life. We, we let things compound until we get to the point where, you know, we just feel like we have to make these big sweeping gestures. Um, but really in life, that's not really how you bring about effectual uh, change. And I think of over the years... Um, for those of you who may not be familiar with it, but uh, and familiar with my backstory, but you know, I come from the the Pentecostal wing of uh, the church. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with Pentecostalism, some of you might sit there and aren't those those people who handle snakes in the mountains? <laughs> no, that's only the people who handle snakes in the mountains, by the way. Um, but you know, they're kind of famous for speaking in tongues and. Uh, you know, loud, exuberant church services with very dynamic preaching pe preachers who beat on the pulpit while they scream and holler and spit uh, as they preach. Um, and the people cheer and the people say amen and get real loud and anxious. And, you know, they sing, they lift their hands up. And um, like I said, they speak in tongues. Um, glory. And they have all sorts of other fun little mannerisms and things that Pentecostals are known for and their exuberant worship um, amongst many other things. Um, and I have many wonderful things to say about the Pentecostal movement. Uh, many things that I still take to heart, even though I'm no longer you know, affiliated with a formal Pentecostal church. I still find myself kind of Pentecostal in spirit, though, um, or at least in my mindset and approach to my own spirituality. Um, and my own theology, but I digress. But, you know, one thing I did notice when I was um, in the Pentecostal church, there are some, some little things that I noticed that I personally, you know, as I observed them over the years, I just found them increasingly unhealthy. Um, you know, and, and one thing that, among many things that Pentecostals are known for, is they kind of have this heavy emphasis on dramatic conversion experiences um, and dramatic uh, deliverances from sin. Um, you know, the, the preachers, they, they preach with a feverish level of preaching. 
Uh, like I said, they spit, they slobber, uh, they yell, they holler, they run, they you know, they they some even do cartwheels. Um, yes, some even do cartwheels. I've known some to run on the backs of the pews, um, all of all while under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and uh, you know, all these sort of dramatic things. You might go to a, a Pentecostal church and somebody will go up front and ask the preacher for prayer and the preacher will lay hands on them and the, the person will just blow right over and fall back over. And uh, they call that, for those of you who don't know, uh, being slain in the spirit. And uh, so they'll get slain in the spirit and uh, they'll have this dramatic spiritual experience in which, you know, they just feel like God has overtaken the, the room and that God through the preacher just touched them in such a supernatural and miraculous and anointed way. That, that anointing and that miracle and all that fever of everything that was going on transferred into the spirit of that person and they just had such an, a powerful encounter with God in that moment and that moment literally to that person feels like just God knocked them off their feet. Um, and a lot of people get up from those experiences, you know, talking about a powerful encounter with God that changed them and they'll be weeping and they'll be crying and they'll be testifying and lifting up their hands and praising Jesus and speaking in tongues and, and having a good time. And then they'll go home and, and they'll attempt to, you know, maybe make a dramatic change in their life. If they're addicted to cigarette smoking, they'll throw out their cigarettes. If they're addicted to pornography, they'll throw out their computers and, you know, you'll, you'll see all these sort of dramatic sort of actions. But one thing I learned about being in a Pentecostal church uh, background long enough is the same people that you saw get slain in the spirit and have these dramatic encounters with God and then go home and make these dramatic actions, uh, they kind of had a way of coming back a couple weeks later needing another dramatic encounter with God. Uh, and having that encounter again, and taking those actions again, um, and often just kind of viciously repeating this cycle of, um, you know, falling off the wagon and getting back on all over again, um, where they, you know, go get prayer, get slain, go home, uh, throw everything out, rinse, wash, repeat, <laughs> you know, um, and, and that's, that's kind of the cycle. Um, and I think there's some well-meaning stuff in that. And I think there's some genuine stuff in that, by the way. I think there are people who do have dramatic encounters with God, uh, and, and such experiences. That may be controversial for me to say that, but I'm going to say that. Um, and, uh, but you know, sometimes I kind of question that. Especially for those, if you pray for them multiple weeks. Um, and have multiple such experiences, you kind of at some point begin to wonder, you know, why didn't this work? And you start questioning, well, was any of it really even real? And I think there's a mixed answer. For some people, it's definitely real. Um, I believe there are people who have those dramatic encounters with God, those life-altering, uh, feverish, once-in-a-lifetime type encounters with God that really just push somebody over the edge and gives them the emotional charge they need to make significant uh, reforms and changes in their lives. But, some people, not so much. And I think some of what you might see in such things, as genuine as the experiences might be, or as mixed, or as false as some of those experiences um, may be, is that at the end of the day, 
generally speaking, such things aren't really in keeping with how we grow as human beings. That's not to say that there aren't going to be times in our lives where we have some deep, emotional, powerful, conversion, life-altering experiences and decisions that we make um, that are large and dramatic. Um, And things that will stick with us for the rest of our lives. I have no doubt that's real. And I have no doubt that happens not only, you know, under the power of God, so to say, um, but in even just regular crisis moments of life um, and situations that don't seem particularly um, spiritual, so to say. Um, But most of us, such situations, I believe, in life are actually pretty rare. And they're pretty rare and they seldom work. Um, because most of us as humans don't grow that way. Most of us grow through, as Bill Murray talked about in this movie, this proverbial movie, baby steps. It's exactly how you and I learn to walk, right? We didn't just pop out of the womb and then one day say, bless God, I'm going to (laughs) walk. No. Uh, Instead, we started by kind of Rocking ourselves forward and rocking ourselves forward led to, you know, attempts at crawling. And then we got really good at crawling and we thought, hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to stand up. And we, you know, nervously stood up and swung around and spun around and, you know, bounced around all happy. And, you know, our parents, you know, looked at us with such glee and encouraged us to, to kind of stand up on our own and, you know, And then take those initial uh, steps and those steps in which we sometimes just fall flat on our face. But then we get back up and we, you know, try yet again to to take another step until we take another step until we take another step. And and eventually all those steps lead to being able to consistently walk and to walk, you know, without much aid for pretty much the rest of our lives until we get too old to walk again for some of us who live that long. (laughs) Um, but, uh, that's how most of us make meaningful life decisions. We, we take those baby steps. We do those small household projects, those little renovations, uh, to our homes and to, to our lives, um, that over time begin to really just compound and add up. And it doesn't come through the dramatic altar call, hot, heavy-handed, sweaty preacher uh, knocking you over at the altar and you lying on the floor unconscious while you talk to Jesus in tongues. Again, that's not to say that those things aren't real and those things don't happen. But the day in, day out, meaningful changes that most of us are going to make in our lives is not going to be the result of some emotional outburst and decision that we ultimately just made um, as a result of having an encounter with God. Um, Most of us have to go through those baby steps. We only get to the place in our lives usually where we have to make those what I call full gut rehabs. Uh, Full gut rehabs being kind of a real estate term. Uh, If you're not familiar with the idea of uh, taking a house down to the studs, Uh, And the only reason you would ever take a house down back to the studs, a house that's been built for years, um, is usually because the amount of stuff that has decayed 
and not been taken care of over the years where you, you know, you'll allow a little mold to grow in your bathroom and suddenly that mold has jumped into other rooms in your house and where you allow that drip uh, on your roof just to, you know, go unresolved and you're like, oh, I'll just put a bucket under there and soon enough you have to get a new roof. Um, or, you know, you just don't ever treat your deck. And so, you know, within a couple of years of being out in the elements under blistering hot sun and, and, uh, rain and snow and hail and everything that falls from the sky, you're eventually forced to pull up deck boards and put new ones down and re sand them and retreat them and repaint them and, and, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, so usually we only get to the place in our lives where we have to do those things because we let things slide for so long. Um, it's kind of like, uh, getting fat or being in debt, you know, and I can say this as a, as a big boy myself, you know, I didn't get fat. I didn't get fat one day overnight. (laughs) Uh, I didn't get to, uh, uh, my largest size that I've been, um, in previous years, um, by, you know, just deciding, man, I'm just going to go for it all today and eat everything I can. And, um, you know, all of a sudden wake up and be 50 pounds overweight. No, rather that's the result of small daily decisions to decide, well, I'll have a second helping or yeah, upsize my fries or yeah, upsize my cola or something along those lines or like getting in debt. Most of us don't get $10,000, $50,000, $100,000 in debt as the result of one single decision. Uh, most of it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I deserve this vacation, or I deserve these new shoes, or you know, I deserve uh, to have a night out on the town with my friends, and you know, I deserve uh, to eat at nice restaurants. And you know, we make those decisions uh, 10 times, 50 times, 100 times, 1,000 times until suddenly we find ourselves in need of Dave Ramsey level of intervention. Well, how do you get out of those problems most of the time? Most of the times it isn't through the full gut rehab, although there may be times where you have to pull the trigger and just do that. Um, but kind of like, you know, the Dave Ramsey type solution to things, you kind of get to the point where um, you do have to get into a debt snowball and, you know, follow uh, what Dave Ramsey would call his seven baby steps to financial peace. Um, you didn't get fat overnight. You didn't get in debt overnight. Um, so why do we think, uh, the changes to escape the problems that we've made for ourselves are going to come from overnight either? You know, I've learned through the, the gradual weight that I've been losing, um, over the past, uh, little while is that, yeah, it took me years to put on that weight and well, it's probably gonna take a while to get it off you know, a pound a week every now and then, um, a couple pounds a month until, you know, if you have to lose two pounds a month, um, and you need to lose 50 pounds, well, guess how many months it's going to take you to get out of being 50 pounds overweight? You know, you can do the math on that, right? Um, so, you know, it shouldn't surprise us that, you know, when it comes to making changes in our lives, the small incremental things that we use to, to get into the predicaments we are, are only gonna, we're only going to escape those changes by making small incremental changes to get back out of them. But, you know, if we make those small changes, those incremental changes, those small and reasonable goals, 
um, you know, they really like they really begin to add up and compound over time, just as they did um, when we made those small decisions uh, that eventually led to us getting to the place where we're just like, I'm fed up and need to change. Um, so when you want to, to change your life, whether we're talking about your walk with Jesus or we're talking about getting out of debt or where we're talking about, um, you know, losing some weight or starting a company or, or what have you, at the end of the day, it's going to be through the slow burn that you make those life-altering permanent changes, changes that affect your entire lifestyle, not just decisions that were once and for all type decisions. Although again, that's not to discount the need for the occasional uh, just burning it all down and starting over and hitting the reset button sort of thing. But for the, the small, for the, the real life lasting changes, uh, the changes that will benefit you for the rest of the, your life, we go through baby steps. We learn to crawl, we learn to walk, we learn to run. And we do that slowly over time. And slowly over time, those changes really add up. Um, I know I've come across over the years some self-help guru type stuff. And this is kind of self-help guru type stuff. So, you know, I don't make any bones about it. It is a little self-helpy. Um, and it is probably a little pop culture But, you know, I've, I've personally found, like I said, this stuff works. Um, you know, there's a couple books out there though. One I think is called like the 1% change and the other is called the 5% change. And the, the kind of premise behind either popular book that you read is if you just make a 1% change to your life every single day, those 1% changes will add up. Or if you just make a 5% change to your life over the next month, that 5% change will eventually again, really begin to add up. So whether we're talking about a one percent change or five percent change or or baby steps um you know i really don't care about the lingo per se i'm not trying to somehow endorse uh some sort of uh philosophy or self-help guru um personality or book or what have you but i'm thinking of it just kind of as a a common sort of wisdom um and it is something i think that we need to be reminded of time and time again you know as, as a christian i I haven't grown to become more like Jesus simply by having some hot-handed Pentecostal preacher pray for me and give me some sort of magical zap that all of a sudden makes me like Jesus overnight. Rather, my becoming more like Jesus has had much more to do with my daily walk in the Lord and reading His Word, spending time in His presence, praying, listening to the preaching of His Word, seeing what small things that I can somehow apply to what I've heard and seen demonstrated in my life um, and see what of those changes I can apply in my daily walk. And over time, I've learned that I've become more loving. <laughs> I've increased my levels of joy. I'm much more patient than I ever used to be. Uh, I'm really good at uh, refraining from saying harsh, unloving things. Um, well, most of the time. Um, but, you know, I'm growing in that. And I'm seeing myself time and time again be conformed daily uh, through my daily walk with Christ to being made in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ um, and being conformed uh, to His image through that daily renewal process that I experience day in and day out. Now, I know that might not, you know, sound so hot and miraculous as 
as uh, especially you know as as a Pentecostal minded person, you know we're all about the hot miraculous supernatural demonstrations of power of the spirit. Um, and so we might kind of you know be a little suspicious of talking about these small incremental changes. Well, let me just tell you. Let, let me just let me cut some honesty here, folks. You can make changes in your life <laughs> without having to do something super spiritual. Um, if I might sound a tad blasphemous, but I want you to hear where I'm coming from. You don't need Jesus, folks, to change your life. I know atheists who have changed their life every single day. Uh, Hugh Hefner reinvented himself all the times, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so you can change your life without Jesus. However, with that said, there is a daily change that we can make through the Holy Spirit, through the power of God's Word in our lives. Um, and uh, that is a supernatural thing. But when I say supernatural, I don't envision a hot, heavy-handed Pentecostal preacher slobbering all over me and hitting me on the floor and laying there. I'm just talking about the supernatural, natural <laughs> graces that God gives to all of us uh, as humans, as individuals created already in the image and likeness of God from creation. Um, and that natural grace that pervades all of creation that's available to uh, even the most perverse of sinners to make changes in their lives is also available to us who believe. Um, of course, you know, through the Holy Spirit, we have a little bit of a different approach uh, to things. And there's definitely some things we can say um, that are nothing but God type moments and interventions in our lives. Um, but even with those, it's still through the slow burn. It's through the fire that God slowly burns and kindles in our heart uh, to help push us into becoming the people that he would have us to become um, as he slowly changes our lives and allows us to be increasingly more fruitful and multiplying the fruit of our harvest uh, and all that we do. So, you know, don't let me, don't be doubting anything in my, you know, if you might be questioning my theology here a little bit. I definitely see God at work at this at a supernatural Holy Spirit level. But I also see God just work at it in the plain, everyday comings and goings of life. And frankly, a lot of the changes that you and I need to make in our lives, I think, are just the plain, everyday goings and comings of life sort of stuff. You don't need some extra zap from Jesus to make most of the changes you probably need to make in your life. And I say that as somebody who believes in supernatural zaps from Jesus, by the way. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 70, Baby Steps, How to Change Your Life. Hope you've uh, been inspired by this. Hope you've enjoyed you know, this message. I hope it's given you something to think about. And for those of you who are struggling in areas of your life, and we're all struggling in areas of our life if we're honest with it, um, you know, I hope this helps you think about the things that you can do uh, to change your life, to, to make small, meaningful, decisive changes, to make little goals for yourself and to achieve those goals and then just simply move the standard a little bit down the road and say, well, this is what I'm going to do next. Uh, and like Bill Murray, starting off in his therapist's office, he made his way slowly to the door and from the door he made his way into the elevator. Now, he might have freaked out when he got in the elevator and once the elevator door closed. And frankly, I found that hilarious. Ah! <laughs> but, uh, you know, 
We all have those moments. We, we will have setbacks along the way. And that's okay. That's part of the daily change. That's part of the daily renewal. That's part of the daily thing that God's simply doing in our lives, whether it be through supernatural means or, you know, so-called more normal means. So everybody, episode 70, Baby Steps, Jimmy's Table. Dot com. If you want to email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Be sure to share this uh, podcast episode with uh, friends on Facebook, on Twitter. Email it to folks. And if you've really enjoyed this, uh, this episode and this podcast, I highly recommend you go over to Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever this podcast may be found. If, there's, uh, if you want, please subscribe so you can hear more and uh, leave a review. Especially if the review's five stars. Don't leave me any three-star reviews. I don't want your three-star reviews. I want your glorious, glowing five-star reviews. Because, uh, you know, things like that will uh, hopefully help this podcast to grow its audience. And slowly but surely, that audience has been growing. So everybody, Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com. Take care, God bless, and have a good one. Thanks much.